inaccurately, really, in a sense. Um, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of that, and you can see how they you, one brings their conditioning into the tradition, and then, and as a result of that, draws upon certain aspects of it, and makes those central and important, and maybe even overemphasizes them to the point of, you know, my birthday is an inauspicious day because I got a material body. You know, so. and I remember once somebody said that to Sridhar Maharaj, it's my birthday, very, very inauspicious day today. He said, really, why? He said, today's my birthday. He said, what are you talking about? you got a human birth, and you got a sadguru. It's like we should have a party and celebrate the, you know, such an auspicious birth. So you see how they kind of translate it in a very body-negative uh, kind of way and um, kind of a gyan orientation. Gyan is about giving things up, letting go of things, and detachment. By that we make advancement. And the measure of your detachment is the standard of your spiritual progress, whereas bhakti is obviously very positive. We advance not by detachment, but by sangha, and detachment is a product of the sangha. By adding good association onto our lives, we find uh, the ability to let go of things that aren't of the same uh, standard of value. Hmm? And so the renunciation in Gyan is part of the path. It's the way. You understand? Vairagya is the way. In Bhakti, it's not the way. It's it's a fruit of Bhakti. Janayati asu vairagyam jnanam chayadahoitukam. Do you want to record this or not? It's recording. Oh, excuse me. Um... <laughs> but in bhakti, then um, in, in, in bhakti, the way is is by attaching ourselves to Krishna, Krishna's devotees, and so on and so forth. And and jnanayati asuvayaragim jnanam chayadhoitukam. If you're doing that right, then knowledge and its corollary detachment should show up within you naturally. And with that in mind, then. You can also attach yourself to and with and, uh, and interact with material, um, so-called material phenomena, hmm? in um, in the context of employing such things in Krishna's service, like the microphone I was talking about earlier. Of course, you want to be careful, as I say, not to be uh, to be. Um, you want to engage the microphone, not have the microphone engage you. But birthdays, yeah. Um, I think the, the the real kind of bhakti take on that is it's an auspicious event, and and uh, for a devotee, hmm? human birth is very rare. Jalaja navalakshani staralakshabhimshati. This is a statement from the Padma Purana. There are so many thousand aquatics, so many, forget what the numbers are, so many reptiles, so many birds, so many beasts, and Chatulakshani Manavanava. 400,000 types of human species. And amongst them, then, there are divisions and types and 
if you go through all of that and you come to the point of someone who is a human being who is interested in spiritual life has a sadhguru that person is uh, who's a Vaishnav that that person is in a very auspicious birth very auspicious birth so then to take advantage of it is, is the task at hand Yeah, the body's so useful to the Ghanis if they want to give it up and they give up their attention. I mean, to think of it in a negative way, you, you give up your your vehicle, you give up your tool to do your work. Well, they don't have any work to do, they think. All work, all action is maya. That's what they think. So give up the vehicle. Yeah. Their ideal is something like just pure awareness. Nothing else. Consciousness is just awareness. It's not an agent of action. It's not an apprehender. It's not an experiencer of qualitative experiences. It just is a pulsating awareness. So everything that has to do with personhood, action, doer, doing, and so forth is all what they would think a product of the illusion of of an environment that provides facility for that, that needs to be done away with, along with yourself as an individual and so on. It's a very hard pill to swallow. People like to talk about it. I, I hear them sometimes talk about it. They really don't say anything, in my opinion. It, it's, you know, these kind of talks like... Um, the question is the problem. Hmm. Somebody asks a question and the teacher says, that is the problem. The question is the problem. You have to stop conceptualizing. Stop thinking. You're questioning. You want to know what is enlightenment. That is the whole problem. Hmm. That is the illusion. You know. I don't know, it's, for some people it sounds profound, but I find it to be just double talk. And, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he's asking the, the student or the questioner to skip over wherever you are and just be there. Just and to say that it's not, your, your reality is not a product of thought, therefore it doesn't exist in the thought realm, is true. But that doesn't, you know, we have a different explanation of how to deal with the fact that you have a mind and you have words so rather than saying there's nothing you can say about it you can't think about it I mean sure Shankar said those kind of things also hmm? Upanishad said it, it's beyond thought beyond words and so forth but you know Shankar gave a, a very also uh, well thought out and uh, from his perspective scripturally supported approach to doing something um, about it. Nowadays it's like the, you know, the whole, there's so much talk that the, the practice is, 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 is part of the illusion and so you don't know what they want to do, wish you were there. It's a, um, but uh, we have of course something much to add, to contribute we would say not that yes you cannot it cannot be confined 
and captured by words, by thought. But that means there's not enough you can say about it. There's not enough that you can thoughts that you can have about it in relation to it. So the words, the mind have application. Hmm? Rather than the idea of not not talking, not thinking, and the teacher's talking, and you can watch them; they're thinking what to say next. Also, <laughs> the deliveries are usually quite slow. There's a lot of thinking going on between the aphorisms and so forth. What are you guys cooking? Those are potato sticks? Are those potato sticks? That's how you cook them, huh? Excellent. <laughs> you were saying? Unfortunately, people haven't heard of our Bodhi process, then they, they may hear of the Buddhist path or the Nirvishesh path. Suffering, so maybe getting to zero or getting to nothingness would—that would really be something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We need uh, a microphone. Testing. Hare Krishna. <laughs> we need a microphone to broadcast uh, the beautiful path of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That—that that said, though, amongst many of these. Non-dualist, so-called the neo-non-dualism is there's a, there's so much sympathy for for um, bhakti. I mean, it's their own idea of bhakti and so forth. But hmm. yeah, the Tibetan tradition is is uh, is all about compassion. I don't think the, the Zen tradition is not all about compassion. It's not going to get as big of a following. Hmm. Because it's there's a heartbeat there in the Tibetan tradition, compassion for others. I guess it's there somewhat in Zen, but it's really the focus of largely you know, the Dalai Lama is all constantly talking about compassion. So the point is that people have a heart. <laughs> people want to love, and for good reason, and they should. And and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu offered them a way to love that. That they can, in which they can they can do so in a meaningful and in a wise way. All of the wisdom that's involved in any non-dual path, as to the nature of the world, the ephemeral nature of the world, and the appearances of, and so forth, that um, um, derive from the senses and mind, the difference between matter and consciousness. They, they sometimes don't play it out like that because they want to say that there's no matter, so it's only, only consciousness. They're the opposite of the scientific community that likes to say everything is matter. There's a, there's a materialistic monism and then a spiritual monism. Mm -hmm. But, as I say, the basic Vedanta idea, it's, it's a Gaudi Vedanta, so Bhakti Vedanta, so it's there. It's wisdom plus. 
wisdom plus and the plus is huge makes for a life of love and transcendence it's very appealing and um, very user-friendly and very real it's wrong what we are is a parent we are we're doing we're doing what we do because we are what we are hmm? that means that the atma has certain characteristics it is an apprehender it is a doer an agent of action it is does have qualitative experiences it, it we do that's what we're experiencing in relation to the environment that's presently provided the material environment hmm? So those things are there in potential. If you have a spiritual environment, then they'll come out in another way. But the same things will come out. It means to be people. Hmm. And love. Hmm. But wise love. I should give one of those kind of what is enlightenment talks. Sometime that would be. I haven't done that. That would be. That'd be a good one.